The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Here this uh, warming up and definitely summerish Tuesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at all of the issues possible that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. And uh, I have my full coffee mug here, the hot coffee and the topics are hot. So let's let's get to it. Uh, how about those gas prices? Isn't that wonderful? They are up again, up again. As of uh, today, the national average is uh, 452. California's average, <laughs> 602. Can you believe that? And here, here's kind of the lineup of uh, gas prices from lowest to high in uh, in our area anyway, covered by our radio show here. Let's see. Uh, lowest right now is is Tuolumne County, five point uh, about five point seven two. Stanislaus is next, five point eight, five eighty. Uh, Merced, five ninety. San Joaquin County, five ninety four. Calaveras, six oh two. Contra Costa County, six ten. Santa Clara, six twelve. Alameda, six fifteen. And I believe the highest in California is still uh, six, almost six seventy six, in Mono County. So there we go. Keeps going up. And as you uh, may recall, and I'm sure you have not forgotten, come July, there's going to be another gas tax hike here in California. So uh, there, there we go. Just, just uh, the how wonderful it is uh, to. It, it is a good climate. Weather-wise, it's just not a good climate policy-wise here in, in California. So there we go. Gas prices continue to go up. Diesel going up. I don't know how you, those of you who drive for a living, especially those of you who have to use diesel fuel, I, I, how are you surviving? How in the world are you surviving this? Our number here, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. By the way, uh, just a reminder, the uh, American Hockey League playoffs are here. The Stockton Heat playing for the Pacific Division Finals. And we encourage you to cheer on your team as they continue their historic season. This next Monday, that's the 23rd, the Heat will take on the Colorado Eagles in the best of five series at Stockton Arena as you pregame at 6 p.m., the puck drops at 6.30, and uh, it's the fastest game in Stockton, Stockton Heat Playoff Coffee uh, hockey, uh, hockey. We are going to give away some tickets, probably second hour here, so keep your ear attuned if uh, you are a hockey fan, and we'll give away one set of tickets for the answer to a, uh, it should be a fairly easy question. And again, we'll get to that uh, second hour here on the Mike Douglas Show, probably. All right, uh, another major uh, news event in California. Remember the state law that required corporations to put women on their boards of directors uh, if they uh, 
were of a certain size. Well, a, a judge named Maureen, a female, Judge Maureen Duffy Lewis, says that's unconstitutional. She said California's Constitution requires a, quote, compelling interest to explain discrimination against either gender. Went on to say that this measure lawmakers uh, offered was uh, gender balancing and not fighting discrimination. I, <laughs> I talk a lot about getting to the root cause and to encourage corporations to, to have more females on their boards of directors. Making a law about it just it, it it's counterproductive to me. Well, what do you mean? Far more productive in my mind is to make a case for why we should have more feel uh, more females on boards of directors. Don't you think? W- wouldn't that be the logical thing to make a case for it? Rather than to legislate, and by the way, when this was uh, signed, I think it was, was signed a couple of years ago, 2018, by, uh, was it Jerry Brown at that time that signed it? Anyway, the it was signed with the acknowledged probability that it would be overturned. I find that very distasteful when elected leaders say, well, I'm going to sign this, or legislators say, we're, we're going to pass this. We know it's probably unconstitutional, but we're going to do it anyway. Or in Washington, D.C., well, we think this executive order is probably unconstitutional. It is unconstitutional, in fact, but we're going to do it anyway. I, I think that we as citizens ought to have a resolution for that in terms of suing legislators and elected elected officials that knowingly and admittedly pass laws or sign bills that they believe are unconstitutional it's it's just uh, absolutely uh, absolutely distasteful to me but anyway so there we go it's uh, it, it's at least this particular one has been overturned and I am all for having females on boards of direct uh, directors. But but I think it ought to be voluntary, and let's make the case for that. Let's make the case for it. But we don't do that, do we? We, we just try to force, by law, we try to force things on people rather than making a case for it, which is the real solution. Because then, then you get appointments on boards that are just to comply with the law. And who knows whether that person is qualified or not. And that's, um, again, I I find it just absolutely distasteful when legislators and elected officials make those kind of decisions knowing that they're really violating uh, constitutional law. If not not the letter of the law, at least the the spirit of the law. Uh, What do you think? Don't, Don't you think that is a... A more wise way to do this: make a case for for something rather than forcing it by law. Our number here two zero nine five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Talking about the Stockton Heat uh, a little bit ago, but by the way, I don't. You know, we channel surf as we can sometimes on the weekends because, for example. 
I'm gone. My my wife and I are gone a long time on on Sundays. I've got churches to pastor and sermons to preach and technical stuff to run and all of that. So we're we're gone. So for our pets, we turn on sports, you know, to give them something that they can focus on besides us being away. And uh, so lately we've been turning on, uh, especially I think on Saturdays when we've been gone, uh, we, we've turned on the USFL. Have you watched any of the USFL, the U.S. Football League? A couple of impressions of it. Do you like it? A couple of impressions that I have. Number one, I don't, I love football. I do. I love college football more than pro, but I, I love football. I don't know that I want it year round. Do you, do you want it year round? I don't know that I'm, you know, when it's, 90 to 100 degrees outside. Somehow, man, that's probably just generational conditioning. To me, football is something that happens, yeah, it happens late summer when it's hot, but when it gets going, it gets into the fall season. <clears throat> and it's that feel of the fall. It, it, it's summer-ish. Now, late spring, early summer, I don't know that I want it year-round. I'm not criticizing, and I'm just telling you how I'm reacting to it. I don't know about you. How about the level of play? I I don't get as energized by it, and, and maybe it's the size of the crowd. I don't know. Um, that, good football, generally. I, I just don't get passionate about it. And in some of the games where I've watched a couple of minutes of it, I feel that the commentary, the play-by-play, and the color commentary has been way overanalyzed uh, and, uh, I don't, <clears throat> I wish they would turn off the mics. I don't think you ought to put mics on coaches and you ought to put mics on players. And I, I don't mind the, the dish mics down on the sideline. You can hear the, boom, you know, the players hitting each other and, and the grunts and all of that. I, you know, that's part of football. But when we start to mic players, I don't like that in baseball either. Leave, leave the players alone. Just, just let it roll. Let, let us be the spectator. And it's not that everything has to be explained to us. We're watching it. Let us, uh, let, let us watch it and, and enjoy it. So uh, I don't know about you. I, I don't know that I'm sold on the USFL yet. I, I hope it succeeds. I think any entrepreneurial thing, my, my bent would be to say, I, I hope it succeeds. But me personally, just don't know that I'm, I want to watch pro football are your all year round. Our telephone number here, 209-551-3483. We'll continue with the Mike Douglas Show in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talked a little bit about uh, court decisions saying that the uh, law that was signed into law, the bill that was signed into law, forcing corporations of certain sizes to have a certain amount of females on their boards has been ruled unconstitutional by a female judge. 
which brings us into the whole realm of politics today. And uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, some of the issues facing us in California here in a bit. Let's go to the phones now, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Jason from Oakdale. Jason, welcome. What's on your mind today? Yeah, I just have a question for you. I live in Oakdale. I'm proud to be in Oakdale, thank God. And uh, if I'm in California, anyway. And anyhow, I've been looking at, I'm trying to figure out who I should lean towards to vote in uh, November with Newsom. I've been looking at some of these these, uh, candidates, but I'm not really quite sure. I don't know a whole lot about these guys. Yeah, Jason, and this is... (laughs) This is one of the problems, I think, with the open primary system that we have right now. Thanks for the call. Let me see if I can uh, help with this uh, uh, in, in, a, in a moment or two, Jason. Appreciate your call on that. Yeah, it is, it is a challenge. <clears throat> right now, Jason, we have, uh, by my count, I think 13 Republicans, three Democrats plus uh, Governor Newsom, and four no-party preference candidates. That's a lot. And and so the problem is the, the splitting of the vote. 13 Republicans. Really? Cannot the Republican Party get its act together and, and get... I mean, I, I, if this is a the primaries like we used to have them, that might <clears throat> excuse me, that might make some sense. But in an open primary, seems like strategy wise, it's all about splitting the vote. Remember, the number one and two candidates with uh, the most votes and the next number of votes, even if it's. Uh, um, a million ninety nine votes to one. That one still is on the ballot in in uh, in November, and so when we have I I don't like the open primary system at all. Uh, I think it 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 benefits the incumbents tremendously, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I don't think it. It, it accomplishes a good thing for the public. So, yeah, uh, Jason, uh, the, the, to, to me, it, it's a um, it's a problem. It, big problem as we're looking at it. I, I mean, you look at you look at a lot of the, a lot of these names. We have. <clears throat> I don't know a lot about them. I don't know a lot about them. And uh, one of the you know, one of the issues I think is it has to do with name recognition. Uh, you know, the Republican Party uh, gave the nod to uh, Brian uh, Dolly. And out, outside of Northern California, do people really know about Brian Dolly? I think probably the name that is most uh, familiar uh, to people is Michael Schellenberger, and he's a no-party preference uh, candidate, the author. He's been on a lot of national shows and so the question is, would people vote for Michael Schellenberger just because they have um, they have the name recognition? He, they understand who he is. So I, uh, I, I to, to you, Jason, I say, yes, it's a problem. Now, coming up into November, we'll give more focus on the top two. I'm going to guess the, <clears throat> the top vote getter, is going to be Governor Newsom. Just from history, 
I could be wrong on that. Uh, I think in all reality, that will be the case. I have no idea who's going to be number two. It it could be uh, Dolly, uh, Dally. It could be Schellenberger. Hard to know. So many names here. Again, uh, by my count, 13 uh, Republicans, three Democrats besides uh, Newsom, and seven with no party preference. Um, so it is it is hard to know and and to be able and we don't have time we don't have the airtime to interview them all especially with so many other candidates for so many other offices just a reminder by the way uh, for those of you who are able to listen on Wednesdays the second hour on Wednesdays from now until through election time and probably through the general election in November we will provide an opportunity at 4 p.m. during the second hour on Wednesdays for you to call up and tell us who you're voting for and why, whatever office it might be. It might be local, might be state, uh, might be uh, federal, uh, whomever. So remember, Wednesdays in the second hour, 4 o'clock hour, uh, we will be talking uh, and offering you the opportunity to talk about candidates that you're supporting and why. I'd like to keep it down to about a minute or two each uh, in order to get everybody in. But watch for that Wednesday second hour. Back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Dennis from LaGrange. You have some thoughts about the election as well, Dennis? Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to say is that if people think that all the Republicans running in the California primary is something that just um, spontaneously occurred. Let me say to you that I have noticed what I would call Trojan horse candidates all over the U.S. And I would lay this at the door of the known cheaters in elections, and that is the Democrat Party. And I say that if people think that in California, the first California was the first time that uh, in 2020 was the first time that the Democrats cheated so ostensibly, they're more naive than I am. And I was awakened. I am not woke for this thing for it, from it, but I am awake to their act. That's my comment, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dennis. And uh, I think you make a thanks for the call. I think you make a good point about Trojan horses, and uh, those are not those are not the ones from USC in Southern California. I think we have to be very careful about vetting personally vetting the candidates, and just because of the letter that follows their name, uh, to not automatically support them. And Dennis, I am as concerned as you are about this whole voting process, especially the mail-in process. I think there are plenty of opportunities for voter fraud there, and I know some of you are, your eyes are rolling up in your heads, but I I am a firm believer in going back to walk into the voting place and cast your vote. And what about, uh, remember the, the 100 ballots or so un un sealed or, or uh, uh, unopened ballots that were found in the Los Angeles area <clears throat> not too long ago, what was last week or the week before, just happened to be laying out there. Oh, but it, it, they found very quickly. Uh, there was no intent for fraud there. No, of course not. Just 100 ballots laying out there 
available to the public. Good night. When the, 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 do they think we're dumb? I guess so. Anyway, I am concerned about that as well, Dennis. We'll be back to the phones in about five minutes, 209-551-3483. Barbara from Stockton, don't go away. We'll be right back to you here on the Mike Douglas Show. Again, back in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV after news, traffic, and weather. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Let's get the uh, conversation going again. Area code 209-551-3483. Barbara from Stockton has been waiting very patiently. Thank you, Barbara. What's on your mind today? Well, Mike, thank you for taking my call. And I just have to tell you, I voted, but it was really a process. You know, I tried to read the statements of all of the candidates running. And I now I'm a Democrat, but I'm a senior citizen, so I, I'm always very, very moderate or very, very conservative. And usually I vote a lot for Republicans. And I have to say that most of the time I vote for Republicans. Now, in, in choosing someone to vote for, it just... You know, I don't know why some of these people even bothered to run, because first of all, you know, you don't you don't really get a sense, you know, that they really know what what they're talking about, or even the fact that they would even know how to maneuver, particularly uh, in in the Congress uh, here in California. Now, the only person I you know I voted for people, uh, you know, just by reading their summaries, but hoping that they meant what they said. The only person that I know of that uh, I've heard speak, and I heard him on other uh, talk programs speak, and he just seems so understanding of what he's to do, and that's that Republican uh, Ladi Chen. And yes. I've heard him speak. He, he is so, uh, he, he just knows so much about the government and how it should be run and how sincere he, he seems of the things that he knows to do. And since he knows about uh, finances and uh, the, th- the responsibilities of the controller, you know, I never, until I listened to him, I never really understood the importance of the controller and how he has to uh, judge, particularly when it comes to spending. And uh, I voted for him as for the other people that I voted for, uh, you know, in other words, I voted for the people who were mostly conservative, and that would have been Republicans. I am a Democrat, and I voted in every election. And it just seemed like I'm, I'm hoping that the people that I chose, you know, really meant and try to do some of the things that they say that they're going to do. Now, I did vote again for Shirley Weber because it seems for the short time that she's had a job, you know, it seems that she's really uh, up on it, you know, trying to do things the right way. But for so many of these other people, they put their statements in, but, but you, don't, you know, it doesn't seem to be sincere. And for those people who didn't make a statement, for those people who didn't even bother to uh, have their photograph put in the book, 
I think that's really being cynical. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. And well, I, I think we'll probably end up having the same people that we had. But, you know, I hope that some of these people will make a difference. Well, and and, and it may be that we have some of the people that, that we've had may not be. Uh, Barbara, I think this is going to be a, a tipping point type of election here on June 7 and definitely coming up on uh, November 8th, uh, a couple of months from now. A couple of things you said really resonate with me, Barbara. And by the way, I want to congratulate you on vetting the candidates as best you can. I I believe that is what we need to do. Again, I don't automatically vote for people because they have, in my mind, the right letter behind their name. That means, it means... A bit to me, but not much. I'll be honest with you. I want to know what they stand for, right? And and you've done that. And I agree with you. Lonnie Chen, who is uh, running for controller, there are what? See, one, two, three, four, five, five other candidates. I think six uh, total, maybe. Uh, He has been Mm -hmm. very impressive. Uh, Impressive enough. That I believe the I believe it was the L.A. Times endorsed him. Now, for the L.A. Times to endorse a Republican is pretty interesting, uh, and so I think yeah. he has a lot of integrity. And so I think that's an example of uh, of, of vetting and, and doing it well. And then the other you, you mentioned, um, Doctor Weber, Secretary of State. Uh, yeah, I really think that she's done a pretty good job uh, from what I've yeah. seen. And again, I'm not advocating well, for her. I'm just saying she's, I think she's done a good job from what I can see, don't you? Right, indeed. Yeah, so I... So anyway... The, the, the problem is there are <laughs> so many candidates in this open primary situation that it's, it's hard to get to all of them, hard to vet them. But I want to affirm you and congratulate you, Barbara, for doing the right thing in terms of vetting them as best you can and, and getting out there and, and voting. So thank, thank you for well, thank voting, you. Thank and thanks you. for the call. It took me quite a while going through that ballot. <laughs> oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. And just, just out of curiosity, uh, curiosity very quickly, did you uh, drop it off at a at a box? How, how did you get your vote? No, did you mail no. it? I would I went ahead and mailed it. You did. Okay. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, Barbara from Stockton. Thanks so much for your call. We appreciate that. I, yay, Barbara. You're you're doing what we ought to be doing as best we can to do the research uh, that is possible. Uh, although, as uh, Jason earlier pointed out, calling up. A lot of these folks we we just we just don't know about. And again, remember on Wednesday afternoons at four o'clock and the four o'clock hour, our second hour here, we'll be inviting you to call up and tell us who you're voting for and why. And we'll keep it short so we can fit everybody in. If you can boil it down to a minute, minute and a half or two, uh, that would be great. But we want to provide you with that opportunity. If candidates contact us and they're willing to go live and it fits when we're on the air, we try to accommodate them if at all possible. But uh, obviously, because of so many candidates for so many offices, we can't get everybody on. We'd we'd run out of airtime. So but we do want to make sure your voice is heard. So again, tomorrow, Wednesday, and every Wednesday, our second hour at 4 o'clock especially, we'll be uh, talking about those issues and uh, the candidates that you're interested in, who you're voting for and why. 
Uh, so again, look forward to that every Wednesday in our uh, in our second hour. I think uh, another another issue that uh, that Barbara brings up is clear messaging. Now, yesterday I played a couple of cuts of an interview that Michael Schellenberger had done on uh, on Fox with Steve Hilton, I think it was, and what I was impressed about for Mr. Schellenberger was that he he was very clear on what he wanted to accomplish. And you always want to create the case for why things should not remain the way they are. And that involves saying the current administration, whatever it is, or the current uh, incumbent or whoever it might be, aren't doing the job or he or she isn't doing the job that should be done. But not to dwell on it, not not to uh, tear them down and destroy them, but you have to make the case of why you're running. And so there is that aspect of it where you have to address what you don't feel is productive, what you feel is counterproductive in the incumbents, incumbents role, and why people should vote for you. I think Schellenberger did that with great balance, and he he very clearly articulated some of his, well, three, three of his uh, top issues and then added one or two at the end. And, and Barbara, I think one of the things that's lacking in a lot of the websites, and I've been checking a lot of them, and, and also in the candidate uh, blurbs and in, in the sample ballots and such, is really a clear enunciation of what they want to do. And not not just this is a problem. Well, we can all agree that's a problem. Oh, we can all agree it's a problem. We can all agree that homelessness is a problem. We can all agree that the drought is a problem. We can all agree that gas prices rising are a problem. Well, I'm going to do something about it. Vote for me. Well, okay, well, stop. What are you, how are you going to address that? And if, if you're a Republican running and you have, as a super minority in a super majority Democratic legislature in Sacramento, how are you going to get your ideas across to the people across the aisle? I mean, there are things we need to hear about that often we're not. And so I'm, I'm all for vetting very carefully. And again, we want you to start to make your cases. Again, uh, Wednesdays at... Uh, our 4 o'clock hour will invite you to call in, tell us who you're voting for and why. And again, I ask you to keep it down to uh, a minute or two so we can fit everyone in. Well, one of the things I'm for is a good real estate agent. Modesto home prices around here, they're rising. Inventory's low. Interest rate hikes mean there's going to be fluctuations in prices. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, it's the right move to maximize your equity. Would you like to move closer to work but maybe think you can't afford it? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan proprietary uh, marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. There's no costly repairs required, no long-term contracts. You can even pick your move date, and Dan can even help you find a new home before you move. Here's what Michelle and Modesto told us. She was helping her dad sell his home. They needed top dollar to help fund his retirement. 
Michelle interviewed several agents, she said, found out Dan had the right plan to make only necessary improvements and that he could market the home for top dollar. She says Dan over-delivered on her high expectations, and he got her dad thousands more than their original goal. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I'd hired him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. We'll continue with the Mike Douglas Show in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, just taking a quick look at Pennsylvania Senate race. That that race uh, and, and the victor for the primary and then uh, the eventual uh, election coming up in, uh, in November could uh, shift the balance of the Senate it's, it's, or contribute to it. It's going to be a very, very important race. Uh, the candidates, the leading top three candidates, as you probably know, Dr. Mehmet Oz, uh, Kathy Barnett, and David McCormick. Right now, real clear politics. Their later, uh, latest polls are showing that Dr. Wow, it's very close. Their polls are showing Dr. Oz ahead by uh Two points ahead of Kathy Barnett. Oz at 29, Barnett at 27, and David McCormick at 22. So not a huge spread between uh, the top three uh, candidates there, uh, Dr. Oz, uh, Kathy Barnett, and David McCormick. I believe the polls are still open in Pennsylvania, and so we probably won't get a result here uh, by the time we're off the air today. But uh, keep keep your eye on that. That's a very, very, uh, very interesting race. Uh, back here in, uh, in California, back here in Stanislaus County, something new happening. I believe the vote is tonight. Stanislaus County apparently is uh, looking at getting its own EMS agency. That's uh, the emergency medical system. That's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, right, right now, Stanislaus County is is part of a multi-county uh, EMS cooperative. I guess you could say a network uh, called the Mountain Valley EMS Agency. And they're looking at a new agency in Stanislaus County that would operate under the county's sheriff's department. And uh, so apparently they're going to look at an ordinance and the fees related, and I believe that's going to be discussed tonight at the Stanislaus County Board of Supervisors meeting. That's, uh, that's a huge issue, by the way, huge issue, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that uh, how that comes out right now, the current uh, participants in the Mountain Valley EMS system are the uh, counties of Alpine, Amador, Calaveras, Mariposa, and Stanislaus. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on on that. That'll affect uh, budgets, and uh, they're they're thinking that would provide better service as well. 
Well, my friends, while a lot of this is going on, I don't know, I'm sure you have been keeping track of what's going on on the border. And we keep seeing just streams of people coming over the border. The Border Patrol just having a horrible time trying to keep a... um, (laughs) trying to keep any order there at all. It's chaos, really. And another another national figure who's uh, about had it with all of this is uh, Congressman Chip Roy out of Texas. And he says this whole thing, uh, this surge of illegal immigration at the southern border, looks like an invasion. We're not going to continue to stand by while this country is invaded. And that is what is occurring. He says the Biden administration's border policy isn't compassionate at all looking at the results. Go down and talk to the ranchers who find dead bodies on the ranches. Like you say that and you gloss over it and we'll go on. This will be a five-second clip in some news hit tonight. Americans and migrants both are suffering. And I, I think he's right. It, it's not. It's just not the U.S. folks here, but those migrants, some of them are dying in the process. They're being abused in the process. There's human trafficking going on. There's fentanyl rolling over the border in in great amounts. There's a, a lot of, you know, maybe I want to I was going to say unintended consequences. I'm not so sure. I'm I'm wondering if if the consequences were anticipated and they're doing it anyway. I, I have my suspicions there. Anyway, uh, Chip Roy, again from Texas, congressman there, he's saying that uh, President Biden's border plan has led to spikes in drug seizures and deaths as well. How many of our kids and how many Americans have to die? We've got the DEA putting out warnings of mass deaths from fentanyl, China producing it, cartels running it up through our southern border. One of the problems I think we have in terms of keeping an eye on everything is that we get focused on one issue, and I think uh, that's uh, often the intent of the mass media is to use misdirection to get us focused on one thing while they're doing doing something else uh, on the border or they're doing something else with gas and oil. Uh, so here, here we, here we have, uh, another problem that is way out of hand, uh, but then we, we start looking at the shootings and, uh, we start looking at, uh, the politics of local races and we start looking at the drought. There are so many major issues going on right now. It's hard to keep, hard to keep track of all of them, but we, I think we need to keep track of the border. What's going on there? And he's right. There are dead bodies being of, of migrants being found, uh, on, on the properties of these ranchers, uh, drugs coming over the cartels are really, uh, Cartels are really uh, running things there. And does that does that play into your uh, thinking back to Barbara from Stockton and the wonderful way that she spent time vetting candidates? Does that play into questions you want to ask? Uh, it, it does for me. And we, we have some candidates that uh, are contacting us, and we'll try to have them on if, uh, if they can come in uh, when it's live and, and do an interview with us. And I have a list of questions, and the border is one of them. And whether they're running locally or statewide or nationally, California is a border state, and we need to get their read. We need to understand their heart uh, about what's happening at the border. 
and, and get a rational response to that. Not just outrage. Everybody, we can all do outrage. We can all get emotional about it. But what are we going to do about it? And again, we encourage you uh, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, Wednesday, 4 p.m. hour, uh, we're going to encourage you to call. Let us know who you're supporting in terms of candidates and why. And if you're a candidate out there, or if you know a candidate, have them call 209-551-3483. And we would be happy uh, to give the candidates uh, just a few moments to make their case as well. So again, Wednesdays, uh, that four o'clock hour, that second hour is going to come into play as, uh, as we, especially as we get closer to uh, June 7 and the primaries there. And especially as we get closer to the general election in November 2022. Do you realize how close that is? Absolutely incredible. And I, uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm worried. I really am. I, I'm worried by the amount of candidates. I'm worried about the, uh, th- are you worried about the, the primary system we have, the open primaries? I think it's dysfunctional. Or, or do you support that? Let us know. 209-551-3483. I think we need to give the political parties the opportunity to run a primary, as we do with the presidential elections, run a primary and see who services. But when when we have these open primaries, you've got uh, Republicans, you have no idea who they are, what they're about. You have Democrats, uh, many of them you have no idea who they're about, as, as Barbara said. And then you have the independents, the no-party preferences, uh, some of the other uh, parties that uh, are often there but don't get a lot of uh, notoriety. To me, it, it's a highly dysfunctional system. It doesn't do us any favors. I, I would like to see that, that whole system changed and go back to the party primaries. Well, see what happens. That's just uh, my wish. We'll be back in uh, five minutes after uh, traffic, weather, and news. And we'll be talking about Mr. Greenwald and spin. You're going to enjoy this coming up in five minutes. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. On Power Talk 1360, KFIV been talking about politics, keeping an eye on what's going on in Pennsylvania, as well as what's happening here in California. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. John's been waiting patiently. John from Brentwood. John, the stage is yours. Hey, Mike, just a couple of quick things. Um, Doesn't do much to help the ridiculous process of voting the way we do in California with open primaries, but there is a website called ivoterguide.com where you can research pretty much most if not all of the candidates for their voting records their views and all kinds of stuff it's actually 
really cool. You can look at, they even went to school boards and stuff in some cases. So that's actually a pretty cool website to go to before you vote and kind of see who you're voting for. And then I don't know if you heard it or not, but New York City is going to bring back the indoor mask mandate. I and have, if Gavin yes. Newsom hears about it, you, you, yes, Gavin hears about it, you know what's in store for us. Absolutely. Uh, John, I think you're right. I've been waiting for that to happen. I've been waiting for them to find some excuse for uh, for reinstituting it here in California. I, and uh, all it takes is uh, a national leader like New York to do it. And I don't doubt that we'll be using we. Uh, use that in quotes, we'll be using the emergency declaration maybe to put that in, into effect. Doesn't that just drive you nuts? Uh, it's it's ridiculous. And all I can say is I'm really glad that I did not throw away my Trump 2024 mask yet. Because <laughs> okay. if, 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 if I'm going to wear a mask, I'm going to at least piss some people off. <laughs> well, well, there you go. All right, John from Brentwood. Hey, thanks for your call. Appreciate that. By the way, uh, John, thanks for the website. Uh, John gave us a resource there, iVoterGuide.com. And I'm looking at that right now, iVoterGuide.com. And uh, you're right, has a a lot of good information there, apparently, uh, across the nation. Uh, So, uh, John, thanks for that uh, tip. Appreciate that very much. Again, you're listening to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Just a reminder, the AHL playoffs are here. The Stockton Heat playing for the Pacific Division Finals. That is wonderful. Cheer on your team as they continue their historic season. Coming up this Monday... The 23rd, the Stockton Heat, they're going to be taking on the Colorado Eagles in a best-of-five series at Stockton Arena. It starts at Stockton Arena. Pre-game at 6. The the puck drops at 6.30. Too much coffee. And uh, you can hear it all, by the way, next Monday on the 23rd on our sister station. That's Fox Sports AM 1280. Stockton Heat playoff hockey. By the way, we have tickets. We have tickets. We have one pair of tickets to give away today. If you'd like to watch one of those upcoming playoff games with the Stockton Heat, here's the question. Are you ready? You call in 5209-551-3483. You call a Mike Douglas show phone number here, and you answer this question. Assistant producer Brenda is waiting with bated breath to take your call. All right, here's a question. What is the parent team of the Stockton Heat? It's a Canadian-based team, and they've just moved into the second round of the NHL playoffs. What is the parent team of the Stockton Heat? Call 209-551-3483. Let uh, assistant producer Brendan know the answer to that question. What's the parent team of the Stockton Heat? If you answer correctly or the first one to call, we have a pair of tickets for you. Again, the number 209-551-3483. Have you been following, and we're going to get to uh, just, uh, I think, a sobering, but a soul-searching and worthy-to-mull-about interview that journalist Glenn Greenwald did uh, on uh, 
well, last night, last night with uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox. Uh, I don't agree with everything Glenn Greenwald says or writes, but he's a good thinker. He's a good researcher. And he's, he's one of those journalists that I, I take a look at what he says. I, again, I'm not, I probably won't align a hundred percent with him, but, uh, I want to, I want to go over some of the things that he talked about in terms of a lot of the violence we're seeing and how we respond to that. Before we get to that though, have you been following this pronoun caper in, in Wisconsin, a Wisconsin school district accusing three eight-grade boys of sexual harassment for using incorrect pronouns while addressing another female student. Can you believe this? Uh, And we need need to talk about this because it's... We we are descending into chaos in this country. And, And at some point, we have to call a stop to it and stand for what's true and what's right. All right, here's the setup. Rosemary Rabideau, she's the mother of a 13-year-old student at Keele Middle School in Keele, Wisconsin. Now, according to the New York Post, Keele School District has filed a sexual harassment complaint against, against three middle school young men, including her son, for calling a classmate a female classmate by a wrong pronoun. Apparently, the three boys refused to use they, referring to a single person uh, who had switched pronouns a month before. Now, here's uh, the mother, Rosemary Rabideau, talking uh, to the local Fox News affiliate, Fox News 11 WLUK uh, in Wisconsin. Here's uh, her concerns. Here's how the whole thing was brought to her attention. I received a phone call from the principal over at the elementary school for warning me, letting me know that I was going to be receiving an email uh, with sexual harassment allegations against my son. Now imagine you're the mother or the even the father of a, uh, of a 13-year-old boy, and you get a phone call informing you you're going to get written communication regarding sexual harassment charges against your son. Can you imagine that? Well, she thought I she thought it wasn't real. She said I thought this has got to be a gag, a joke. Uh but the district says the boys weren't referring to the students' requested pronouns of they and them. Again, this is a a single female wanting to be referred to as they and them. Well, the, the Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, they're now defending uh, these three students. And uh, they told the local television station there, Fox 11, that the student made the preferred pronouns announcement a month before in March. So a month, a month later, these uh, three boys apparently are talking to this girl and uh, a month later, and apparently they're not using the they and them pronouns properly. Here's how Mrs. Rabideau described the incident. She had been screaming at one of Braden's friends to use proper pronouns, uh, calling him profanity. And this friend is, you know, very soft-spoken and kind of just sunk down into his chair. And Braden finally came up defending him, saying uh, he doesn't have to use proper pro- pronouns. It's his constitutional right 
to not use. You can't make him say things. So Mrs. Rabideau sought the help from this Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and here's their firm's deputy counsel. His name is Luke Berg. Title IX sexual harassment typically covers things like uh, rape, uh, dating violence, uh, quid pro quo sexual favors, right? Really egregious stuff. There's nothing even remotely close to that alleged in this case. Well, All right. I have questions for you about this. We'll uh, address those questions in just a bit. What would you do if you were the mother? And what would you do if someone told you, well, your son, we're a filing sexual harassment charges against him because he used the wrong pronouns. How would you react? What what would you do? We'll talk about that shortly. By the way, we have a winner for the Stockton Heat tickets for today. Ed correctly identified the parent team of the Stockton Heat. They are, of course, the Calgary Flames. So we'll continue To have more tickets coming up the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll have a question for you every day. So if you're interested in attending an upcoming game of the Stockton Heat in the playoffs, stand by to stand by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll have more tickets to give away and more questions for you to answer. My question for you is, if you're the parent of this 13-year-old boy and the school district says we're filing sexual harassment charges against your son because he used the wrong pronouns, how would you respond? Area code 209-551-3483. Our number, 209-551-3483. We'll take your calls in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you as we navigate through a lot of the issues of the day that uh, are sometimes irritating, occasionally inspiring, but all the time very critical to our lifestyle, our futures here in the Central Valley. Valley of California. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. We've been taking a look at this case uh, out of uh, Wisconsin, this Keel Middle School issue, where these, and, and again, we're, we're taking the report. We, we can only operate upon the information that we have. Uh, apparently, these three boys were engaging in a conversation uh, with a girl And a month before, she had apparently announced that she wanted to be referred to as they and them. And uh, apparently she was, uh, according to uh, the mother of uh, one of the boys, uh, she was yelling at, maybe insulting uh, one of the boys because he wasn't using the right pronouns. And uh, Rosemary Rabideau's son uh, said, well, we don't have to call you by that. By that. You know, we have free speech. And so now the district is slapping him, apparently, with charges of uh, sexual harassment. Can you, have, have we gone totally bonkers it, this it, it's beyond the point in my mind of being funny anymore 50 years ago we would have looked at that and said ah, that'll never happen that that whole thing would they the district would have been laughed out what do you think the mother ought to do 
Now, she's already contacted a, um, a legal agency there that is taking up her case, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. And they're saying this has nothing to do with Title IX and uh, that it's inappropriate and it's being mishandled by the school district, this whole issue. By the way, here's, here's what the school district had to say in response to this. This sounds like a, a typical bureaucrat wrote it, doesn't it? The um, school district issued a statement to uh, Fox 11 WLUK in Wisconsin saying, quote, it prohibits all forms of bullying and harassment in according with all laws, including Title IX. And they also said that they will, quote, continue to support all students regardless of sex, including transgender status, change of sex, or gender identity. What's missing from that statement? What what glaring omission did you notice right away? There's no mention of the right of free speech. Shouldn't that be taught in schools? Shouldn't the First Amendment be taught in schools? And how about the girl? How about her bullying these guys? Right? It, this Whatever happened to training our children how to overcome obstacles. This whole bullying thing is beyond me. And I I didn't get bullied often. I got beat up once in junior high. That was it. Mom sent me to a friend of her who's her friend of hers who happened to be a, a member of our church at the time as well. Anyway, he was a martial arts instructor. And at, uh, I was in junior high at that. I learned how to defend myself. So I carried myself differently with, with more confidence. I wasn't worried about getting beat up anymore. I never got beat up anymore. And part of that is it, I, I learned to stand my ground and how to defend myself, not to go on offense, but how to defend myself. Don't you think it's important to teach our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever, children that are in our spheres of influence, don't you think it's important to teach them how to stand up for themselves and defend themselves? Or are we raising wishy-washy generations? Maybe we're, Maybe that's the whole goal, to raise these wishy-washy snowflakes who can't stand up for themselves and who need cry rooms. This is beyond making fun of. It's, it's worrisome. What do you think? How, to me, if that was my son, and I'm not saying the mother's doing it wrong, but I would look into suing the school district. I'd look into suing the parents of the girl. Yes, I'd look into suing anyone else involved in this ridiculous charge of sexual harassment, and, and I would sue for the dollar amounts I could figure that would be affected by the fact that this young man's future is going to be potentially tainted by this ridiculous charge of sexual harassment when he's 13 years old all over pronouns. I and I think the personal pronoun thing. Number 1, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Boy, it's not the coffee, my friends. This has me wound up. 
what happened to the English language? What happened to grammar? They and them refers to plurals, a plurality of people. A single person is a he or a she, not a they or a them. And so I think the school districts are facilitating the destruction of the English language. And they're facilitating the snowflake generations of the future. What, what's going to happen? What is going to happen when uh, another country is, is ready and willing to destroy our country and we have a bunch of these trained snowflakes in office that they need to go into their cry room because someone is saying something that they don't like. Good night. And I'm, I'm bringing my worldview into this as well. The Apostle Paul stood up for his rights as a Roman citizen. He didn't let, he didn't let people walk all over him. He stood up for his rights as a Roman citizen, and he asked to come before Caesar. Before anyone says, well, Mike, just turn the other cheek and be more pastoral, let people walk all over you. No, that's not what we're called to do. I think we're doing generations a disservice. What about those of you who are teachers out there? Do you think this is healthy? What, what if this was happening? Can you see this happening in your school district? How would you respond as a teacher if you knew this was going on? W- would you stand up and say anything? I understand. Don't want to risk your job. Got it. Understand that. Well, let's talk about the what if. What if it was your child? What if it was your school district? What if you're a teacher? What if you're the parent? How would you respond to this by a 13-year-old boy and, and two others being accused of sexual harassment because they used the wrong pronouns to address a girl who was yelling at them? Got a message here from one of our listeners. Sounds to her like, she says, uh, harassment by definition. The girl was doing the harassing and the bullying. Well, I, I agree. The system is doing the bullying. I, I think we ought to remove bullying from our collective vocabulary because it's creating a generation or two or three of young people who don't know how to overcome obstacles. We, we must train them how to overcome obstacles. We must train them how to uh, respond in a way that is productive, not a way that is cowering, not in a way that defeats them forever. And uh, I... I don't know. What do you think? Two zero. <laughs> Good night. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. We'll continue the conversation in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. 
On air and online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about this issue in uh, Keogh, Wisconsin. The 13-year-old boy and two of his friends talking to a young lady, a classmate apparently, who a month before had made the announcement that she was to be referred to as they and them. And uh, she was berating one of the boys for doing that. He was kind of shy, so Mrs. Rabideau's son step up, steps up to the plate to defend his friend and says, Hey, uh, we, have, uh, we have freedom of speech. He doesn't have to call you they or them. Well, the district then slaps him, informs his mother they're slapping him with a sexual harassment charge. There we go. What do you think? 209-551-3483. What's your response to that? 209-551-3483. Let's, uh, let's go to Ed from Lodi. By the way, Ed, congratulations on winning the tickets to the Stockton Heat. Hope you enjoy the game. Oh, yeah, I look forward to that. Thanks. By the way, I think when you... Uh slap a uh, sexual harassment over something like that. That's like shooting a mosquito with a bullet or a gun. I just think that's ridiculous. Um, uh, as, as a, you know, you ask a couple of questions and one of them is about bullying. And, and to me, I think the bullies are not being identified today. I think the bullies right now are the wokeism types and the revisionists. Mm. Um, they're bullying, they're, they're making it. And sometimes people who, you know, and I want to be very careful with this, but sometimes people will instantly jump to say a racial allegation or something. And they're doing that in a way it's a form of bullying because they know that people will just be cowed by that. They'll be back down. And to me, that's bullying if you wanted to find it. Um, and students today have a lot more leeway these days. You know, it's really hard to suspend a kid for for abusing teachers language-wise. It's very difficult. And you can kick them out or something. You can do something. But it used to be a lot more strict. And, um, you know, they, they get so many freebies in certain directions. And, and even they are probably surprised when suddenly that backfires on them. And I think that's kind of what probably happened in this case because – you know, usually they can kind of get away with it. They might get in trouble, but they usually just get away with it. And as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, I still use correct English, and it is my right to use correct English. I I do mislike the misuse of these pronouns. Um, so what I generally do is I use some general terms. I either use uh, – well, I'll usually use whatever name they give me, and if they give me a change name, I'll go with it as long as I remember. And I always ask forgiveness. I say, you know, if I forget, just understand it's it's not because I'm trying to not uh, help you. I just sometimes will forget. And But I use terms like I'll say, hey, guys, and I said – when I say guys, I mean everybody, just mm-hmm. general, or I say folks. And, and sometimes I'll say it, ladies and gentlemen, and, and it occurs to me that if uh, – if people are having a, a trouble, you know, well, I identify as the opposite, well, it should still be applicable. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that should – that in a way shouldn't be a problem. I'm a little bit mystified by why that's a problem. Um, but, you know, I guess there's, there's more – it's more complicated. But quite frankly, um, this is very new, and it's changing all the time. And I think that uh, perhaps, you know, a little bit of leeway needs to be given back to the rest of us. And, you know, we, we don't – I don't think people – I don't know anybody who goes out of their way to to um, make it hard on other people. Even currently, I don't see that, even with kids that much. Um, 
So I think I think sometimes we make mountains out of molehills, and I think this whole bully thing is a bit out of hand. And and we 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 say somebody's a bully when they get in trouble. Well, you're being a bully. No, no, that person shouldn't have done that, and they're in trouble. That's not being a bully. You're speeding, and the CHP officer pulls you over. Is he being a bully? No, he's being an authority. You know, <laughs> there's a difference. And um, you know, we just need to understand that. And and I sure hope we don't have cry rooms anymore. I'm getting, you know, uh, it makes me want to go into one. I'm sort of saying that tongue in cheek, but uh, <laughs> <Right>. I, <laughs> um, I just, I, you know, you know, it, we we need to to you know, people just need to kind of, I think, take a step back. And and take things into perspective, you know, uh, there's so many easy ways to get offended. Yes. But I think that's that's just a selfish that's just a selfish part of who we are, and we need to, in a way, mature up. And that's adults too. And um, you know, we need to we need to stop, you know, worrying about this. I mean, we're worried about gender designations in a world that has starvation and war mm. and inflation and border crises and COVID. And we're worried about that. You know, it looks like our priorities are a little out of whack too. So anyway, that <laughs> is that's a lot to digest, but there you go. That is such a great point, Ed, the one you just made. Um, our, our daughter has uh, done a lot of short-term uh, mission uh trips to uh, foreign countries and she will often look at these types of uh, news items and say you know dad that's really a first world issue <laughs> people where i go are, are starving you know they don't know where their next meal is because they're under attack uh and and i think our um i don't i don't want to say our wealth but comparatively uh, comparing to the rest of the world, we really are a wealthy nation. We really are. And our, our problems are, are smacking of narcissism in, uh, in, in my mind. I think the other th- I like your comment about uh, maturing up. And then uh, lastly, just a, a quick comment about you're talking about uh, being offended. We can choose not to be offended. We, we can make that choice. And so many people are not because our culture right now is encouraging taking offense. And I, I think uh, a lot of our ills in our society would be cured by not take, choosing choosing not to be offended. So uh, thank you for bringing that up, Ed. Appreciate that very much. And again, uh, hope you enjoy the Stockton Heat game as well. Thanks for your call today. Thank you. Bye. All right, Ed from Lodi, uh, bringing up bringing up some uh, some great points. Uh, by the way, I have been looking at this website that uh, John from uh, Brentwood gave us. It's uh, iVoterGuide, iVoterGuide.com. Very interesting. You fill in, uh, it, it gives you a spot there to fill in your address and it will show you your ballot, the ballot for your area. And then for most of the candidates who have responded, they will uh, show you uh, who their endorsers are, uh, who their contributors are. If they filled out their uh, questionnaire, they'll show that. And then they have a very interesting meter on each candidate. (laughs) And it, it, uh, on the right is, uh, red 
on the left of the meter. It's kind of like a view meter. Those of you familiar with a view meter for audio, uh, reading audio. But uh, anyway, the, the left is blue, the right is red. And so it, it rates right in the middle is moderate. And then as you move into the red farther to the right, it's more conservative. As you move into the blue farther left, it's more liberal. And based upon their questionnaires and their assessment of the candidate, they will let you know whether you th- they think they are le- more conservative-leaning or, uh, or liberal-leaning. It's very good. I, I like it. I haven't had a chance to, uh, to go through all of the candidates yet, but uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Again, it is iVoterGuide.com. And it, it gives you, uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through here, most, uh, most of the races that we're, uh, that we're dealing with. Um, and if there's in, insufficient information for them to provide that conservative liberal thing, they'll tell you we don't have insufficient, we have infor, insufficient information. Uh, so I, I like that. For example, I'm just picking uh, the first one here under U.S. Senator Special Election, James P. Bradley. And they have a list of endorsements, contributions, uh, a questionnaire, gives you a little bit of a biography. Uh, They talk about endorsements. He's endorsed by Michael Flynn, Chris Cannon, John Voight, the actor, uh, a sheriff from Fresno, the sheriff, Margaret Mims from uh, Fresno County. And uh, I, I like it. I like it. John from Brentwood, excellent, great resource. I'm uh, I'm going to uh, pursue that a little bit more and uh, and check it out as days goes on. Uh, days go on. We're checking uh, what's happening in Pennsylvania again. That Pennsylvania Senate race, very important. The polls close there in about 15 minutes. That would be eight o'clock their time. Uh, right now, the Trafalgar poll is showing on the Republican primary Dr. Oz uh, ahead by two points at 29. Uh, behind him, Kathy Barnett at 27 and David McCormick at 22. The rest of the, the other four candidates uh, way behind. The Emerson poll showing Dr. Oz a little bit more ahead at 32 points, Kathy Barnett at 27 and David McCormick at 26. Uh, generally, uh, the polls that uh, Real Clear Politics are looking at are predicting that Dr. Oz would win anywhere between maybe one to up to five points. Very interesting. So, uh, again, uh, that'll be an interesting one because it could potentially uh, potentially help shift the power of the of the U.S. Senate. So we'll keep an eye um, eye on that in the next uh, couple of days. A uh, couple of thoughts uh, coming in to me here uh, by some messages. Uh, here's here's one from our our resident uh, good thinker who is very good at at looking at things in a through a humorous filter. He says, "Yesterday you referenced common sense. I did. I talked a lot about common sense yesterday." He says, unfortunately, common sense is in critical shortage. He says, blame it on the automobile. Now, what's he talking? Blame it on the automobile. When we put horses out to pasture, we lost our stable thinking. And with that, 
I'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Last phone call, uh, Ed from Lodi, we were discussing uh, his reaction to this ridiculous case in uh, Keele, Wisconsin, where 13-year-old, three 13-year-old boys in, in uh, middle school there have been slapped with sexual harassment charges because they called a girl uh, instead of they or them. They didn't call her by those pronouns. And uh, the one boy said, you know, this is uh, free speech. We, we have that in America. You don't have to said to his friend, you don't have to address her as they or them. Well, the school didn't think so. So now we have this ridiculousness of the boys being charged with sexual harassment. Uh, Ed from Lode talked about the, uh, the need to be able to not be offended. And I want to re Let me tell you a story, a quick, quick story. I'm doing this from memory, so if I have some of the details... Uh, askew, forgive me for that. But many, many years ago, I think back in 1978, uh, a couple, Julio and Ruth uh, Ruiball, were called to uh, as missionaries to Cali, Colombia. And if you're familiar with Colombia, especially Cali, uh, a lot of uh, drug cartel activity there. In fact, uh, a lot of power by the drug dealers and, and the cartels. And uh, Julio especially had such an effect there as a missionary that a lot of people uh, were coming to Christ uh, through his efforts. And that began to eat into the cartel's business uh, because uh, some people were dropping out of the cartels. Uh, the customers were, were no longer customers. I mean, it, it, be, it, it became a problem for the cartels, and they saw him as an enemy. And I, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, one, and I believe he was on the, the steps or in front of City Hall or his church. I can't remember. But anyway, in a, in a public place outside, their cartels assassinated uh, the missionary Julio Royball. Now, why am I telling you that? Years later, I was at a conference just a couple of years ago where his wife, Ruth, was speaking. And she related the whole story. It's quite a few years ago now. But what impressed me was that someone asked the question, what did you do afterwards? She says, well, I, I came back to Cali, Colombia to continue the missionary work. And people said, why? Why would you do that? They assassinated your husband. And here we go. Her response was, I chose not to be offended. She offered forgiveness and went back to continue the missionary work that she and her husband had started years before. I chose not to be offended. For goodness sakes, her husband has been assassinated. So you see, if Ruth Royball can make the decision to choose not to be offended in order to pursue what she felt was her calling and the greater good and what she felt God wanted her to do. If she can choose not to be offended and remove that obstacle, 
can't can't we choose not to be offended by someone not addressing us by the right pronoun? By the way, I, I think the whole issue of, of pronouns is designed to destroy our our culture. I don't think it's an accidental thing. I don't think it's uh, something that is uh, born of compassion. I don't think it's something that is uh, born of uh, the right thing to do. I don't think it's born of uh, a defense of people who are defenseless. I think it's part of a socialistic, if not Marxist, movement to destroy the culture so that the culture can be replaced with something else. How do we do that? If you want to destroy a culture, what is the one of what are one of the major approaches that are used? You change the language. You you change the meanings of words. You alter them so that the words no longer mean what they used to mean. What does it do? It causes the the culture to react, to be thrown back on its heels a little bit. And so it comes to the point where uh, people are afraid to stand in the light of truth and say what's true. They're now cowering in, in their cry rooms. They're now cowering in their homes. They're now afraid to come out and say things publicly because of the cancel culture. Well, how do we, how do we fight back, so to speak? And it's not to destroy those people, but it's to destroy the agenda. How do we do that? I feel one of the best things we do is we stand in the light of truth and we calmly but resolutely announce what's true. And what's true for that 13-year-old girl is that she is not a they or them. Whoever, her school, her parents, whoever is teaching her that she is plural is teaching her a lie. They are inculcating her with untruths. They are lying to her. She is not a plural. She may, now she wants to think privately that she's a plural, and maybe she has, maybe she has a multiple personality disorder. We don't know that. I doubt it, but you never know. But the truth is she is a singular person. She is not a multiple person. And so the school district, perhaps her parents, the woke culture at large is lying to her and in the process destroying her, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it. 209-551-3483. I think our job as reasonable and upright and logical and compassionate people is to speak truth. It is not compassionate to speak lies to people, to feed them more lies for them then to believe they are something they are not. It is not helpful nor compassionate to people to lie to them and to coax them and berate them and let's say, bully them into believing what's not true. I'm going to save this interview with Glenn Greenwald for tomorrow. We'll definitely get to it. And remember, second hour tomorrow on Wednesday, if you know a candidate, like to call us. We'll give them a a quick uh, platform. If you would like to tell us who you're voting for, tomorrow at 4, Power Talk 1360, KFIV.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 